Welcome to worship at Epworth United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Debbie Weatherspoon, and this Sunday we are celebrating coming home to the table of peace. Our scripture is Romans 14, verses 1 through 12, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Our focus is on how we come to know God's peace through forgiveness. As we are forgiven, so we are instructed to forgive others. That's not always easy. But over time, by God's grace, we can work through the harm that has been done, find our way toward forgiveness, and toward more inner peace and more peace among us. May this be a blessing for you as you seek to follow in God's loving grace. Good morning. Here's a synopsis of our scripture we'll hear. We welcome each other at the table even when we disagree. Coming to tables of peacemaking is hard work. We must be willing to suspend our propensity for making ourselves the judge of others. Accountability and forgiveness are on the menu at God's table and we are called to sit down and find merciful ways to deal with one another despite our differences. Hear now this scripture advised from the 14th chapter of the letter to the Romans, followed by a remembrance of what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew. 
Imagine those early Christian Romans gathered at a table, reading this advice to one another, and remembering the words of Jesus. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something that you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong in opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. For instance, a person has been around for a while might well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table. While another with a different background might assume he should only eat vegetarian and ac accordingly do that. But since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or <laughs> interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Or say, one person thinks that some days should be set aside as holy and another thinks that each day is pretty much like the other. There are good reasons either way. So each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. What's important in all this is that if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, and eat it to the glory of God, and thank God for prime rib. <laughs> if you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God, and thank God for broccoli. None of us are permitted to insist on our own way in these matters. So where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? And where does that leave you when you condescend to a sister? I'd say it leaves you looking pretty silly, or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment, facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position there one bit. Read it for yourself in scripture. As I live and breathe, God says, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will tell the honest truth that I and only I am God. So, mind your own business. You've got your hands full just taking care of your own life before God. Do you remember what Jesus said about forgiveness? Peter asked, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. Hear, hear. If I could help somebody as I pass alone, if I could cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody they are traveling wrong. 
Peacemaker. That's what my Enneagram number is called. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Show of hands. Some are. Some are shaking their head. Thinks I think I just uh, made up a word. I think I'm going to be sending you to your search engine of choice a lot today. So Enneagram. Um, wait, raise your hands again if you know about it. Okay, if you don't know, look, talk to those people afterwards. Is anybody trained in it, really into it? Sort of, sort of, Dre, okay. All right, well, I know a little, enough to really bring it to you and to tell you a little bit about myself, how I understand it. I am a type nine, the peacemaker. So from the literature, uh, I'm quoting, in brief, nines want to find unity and wholeness, to create harmony in their environment to feel spacious and at ease, to emphasize the positive, to avoid conflicts and tension, to resist change and preserve things as they are, and to ignore whatever would upset or disturb them. On the surface, nines appear to be the most easygoing, pleasant people imaginable. 
They go along with others' wishes, apparently without any desire other than to make sure everyone is at ease and happy. But their hidden side is that they often suppress a huge well of anger that they conceal even from themselves. Nines want to get along with others, but they also want to hold on to their independence and autonomy. They do not want to be messed with. As nines work through their belief that they are invisible and unimportant, they begin to recognize their true value. They see that others really do want them to show up and share themselves fully. Healthy nines, there's a lot to this, so there is unhealthy and healthy, and there's a lot about integration, and it just could keep you busy for days. Healthy nines begin to understand that their very existence makes them valuable. God did not make a mistake in creating them. Their experience is much like the adventures of the Jimmy Stewart character in It's a Wonderful Life. They see that the world would be poorer without them and that they have much to contribute to their fellow human beings. They understand that the peace of mind they seek comes from fully sharing their talents, intelligence, and heart with the world. Thus, integrated nines begin to invest time and energy in themselves to develop their talents and to feel a healthy degree of self-esteem. In short, they learn to take pleasure in their own value and goodness. We have called personality type nine the peacemaker because no type is more devoted to the quest for internal and external peace for themselves and others. So that was just a quick look into Enneagram 9, the peacemaker, and your pastor. <laughs> I'm also a Capricorn and an, <laughs> an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs. And my top five themes, uh, themes on the Clifton Finder 2.0 are connectedness, empathy, positivity, harmony, and developer. <laughs> and I like Americanos and, okay, no, I'll stop there. <laughs> Today's Table of Peace theme offers us advice from the New Testament scripture. From Apostle Paul's letter to the community of house churches in Rome and Jesus' response to Peter when he asked him how many times to forgive someone who hurts him. The teachings are there to help us with our development. They are making clear that the spiritual practices of welcoming others, suspending judgment, and forgiving each other moves us toward our inner calm. And as we each tend to our own business of the work that we do for ourselves, we each must be prepared that we are going to grow. <laughs> and we are going to get better. And we are all gathered together around this table where we eat, negotiate, work out blanket forts, reading, make big decisions. And we may not know each other's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, but we do know that we each come to the table with our own stuff, our unique ways. And we are exhorted to forgive as we have been forgiven. Forgiveness in the Gospel of Matthew is not only relational, it is reciprocal and reliant. 
When teaching his disciples to pray, Jesus would have us say, forgive us our, as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. Forgiveness lies at the heart of our faith in God and our love for one another. Forgiveness lies at the heart of our faith and our love for one another. That little journey I shared about the Enneagram 9 was to give you a bit of insight as I now tell you a personal struggle with forgiveness. This week is the first trial of a bishop in the United Methodist Church. It's scheduled to begin on Tuesday at the offices of West Path Benefits and Investments in Glenview, Illinois, um, a Chicago suburb. The bishop on trial has been under suspension for 18 months while assigned to our annual conference. Without going into details, the bishop is someone I have struggled to forgive. You can probably relate to the experience of being pretty sure you've forgiven someone and moved on until something provokes Sometimes people say triggers, but I'm trying to use a different word. Something provokes you, and that unresolved anger returns. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't forgive. It's just that the hurt is still healing. Getting to this unprecedented trial means that there is a chance of some accountability. No matter what, I forgive not on my own, but by the grace of God and good therapy. Earlier, I shared that Enneagram 9s want to get along with others, but they also want to hold on to their independence and autonomy, and they do not want to be messed with. <laughs> so there's the rub. <laughs> so I took a leave of absence for six years, and with the blessing of an interim bishop, I, as they say about the Enneagram 9, am beginning to recognize my true value. Quote, they see that others want them to show up and share themselves fully. As I said, healthy nines begin to understand that their very existence makes them valuable. God did not make a mistake in creating them. And that sums up my return to pastoral ministry. Now, I am not one of the complainants. In this case, we don't even know what the complaints are. We won't find out until the trial. But I want to share this with you in the fullness of the table of peace and the spirit of forgiveness and recognize that truly many have been harmed in our denomination and in many other churches. And many of you sitting here live without harm. How we found our way back to hospitality, love, and peace in this community is a miracle. And we should never stop giving thanks for it. Amen. 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 We have been forgiven. And as we receive that forgiveness, love, and acceptance, it changes us. And we move toward that forgiveness of others. And while we keep moving, God's love holds us steady we come to know true peace. Amen. When my body won't hold me anymore and it finally lets me free, will I be ready? 
When my feet won't walk another mile And my lips give their last kiss goodbye Will my hands be steady When I lay down my fears My hopes and my doubts The rings on my fingers And the keys to my house With no hard feelings When the sun hangs low in the west And the light in my chest won't be kept held at bay any longer when the jealousy fades away and it's ash and dust for cash and lust and it's just hallelujah and love in thoughts and love in the words love in the songs they sing in the church no hard feelings Lord knows they haven't done Much good for anyone Kept me afraid and cold With so much to have and When my body won't hold me anymore And it finally lets me free Where will I go? Will the trade winds take me south Through Georgia grain, tropical rain Or snow from the heavens Will I join with the ocean blue Or run into a savior true And shake hands laughing And walk through the night Straight to the light Holding the love I've known in my life And know hard Lord knows they haven't done Much good for anyone Kept me afraid and cold With so much to have and hold Under the curving sky I'm finally learning why It matters for me and you To say it and mean it too For life and its loveliness And all of its ugliness
I have nowhere. 